if you go out there and go, can I really say one flower is more beautiful than the other? Can I really say one woman is more beautiful than the other woman? So it's like a, it's like a drawing a line in the sand. I'm not going to buy into that old mindset because it makes me feel like shit, makes me compete with other women. It's a losing battle. I'm not playing. I am beauty herself. And so is she. And so is she. And I will allow the beauty of life and nature to literally fill me to overflow. And that's how I start my day. This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 265 with guest Alana Pratt. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey everyone, welcome to another podcast episode. I am so glad that you are here. I wanted to tell you something right off the bat as I get started here before I <laughs> before I change my mind. Oh, so first and foremost, yes, it's me, it's Andrea. I got really sick. I was traveling and then I got really sick and I think it might be some upper limit stuff too, but that's a story for another time. And I just, it sounds a lot worse than it is. So I sound like a throaty lounge singer. At any rate, I am okay. I do sound a little bit different, but I wanted to tell you this thing before I changed my mind. I was in Savannah, Georgia, which PS, so cute. It was my first time in Savannah, Georgia. I didn't get to see much of the town. I'm going to have to go back with my husband and have a romantic getaway there. But I was in Savannah, Georgia with a group that I decided to be a part of. I told you about it before if you listen to all episodes. Thank you, by the way, if you do. I love you. And I was, it's a mastermind that I'm a part of. And one of the things that I did was, oh my God. Cause here's the thing. We all got to sit in the hot seat and I am, one of the things I do have to say, I'm pretty proud of myself about is that when I am putting myself in a position to be coached by someone, or even when I'm sitting on the couch in my therapist's office, I will tell you what I need to work on. I am past the point in my life where I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it until next time. Like I blurt it out. It's like projectile vomit. Like I'm like, I showed up to actually work on this and myself. And so here it is. I'm not wasting any time. I mean, I've always been an efficient woman. And so it was my turn to be in the hot seat and some of the people were, they're all entrepreneurs in this group. And some of them were bringing things like strategy questions and I need to do this in my business and here's my quarter one goals. And it was my turn and I was like, I could bring some business stuff, but actually I think I have all that handled. I know what the answers are to that. I've been doing this long enough at this point. I'm pretty cool, but here's what I need to work on. And really without a whole lot of explanation, I read my poem that I have read for you all. It's been in a couple of episodes now, uh, my resignation. And <laughs> I just like to rip off the bandaid, you guys. That's what you can always count on with me. So I, I read it and I started out with it and everybody was kind of like, Okay. I mean, they weren't, they weren't being like that, but I just said, there's a method to my madness, but I'm going to start out with this. And I read the poem and I got through it and I told the women in this group and PS, we had just met, you know, Chacha de Gregorio, how much I love her. And she meets people for the first time and she tells them that she's the best dancer at St. Bernadette's. I kind of did that but instead of telling people that I had just met how great I am at something, I'm just like, here's all my deepest, darkest secrets. What do you think? And I read the poem and then I, I told them, I said, this is like, if I'm going to teach vulnerability to all my people and my community and the people in my programs and my clients, uh, of course I have to walk my talk. And I don't have, like, I'm good with vulnerability. I'm good about talking about the things that are hard for me and what I've learned, et cetera, et cetera, my addictions. And the thing is that is the utmost, like of utmost vulnerability to me now is my art. 
And it was even hard. Like there's a woman in my group who is a legit artist. Like her paintings, you guys, dying. Like holy shit, sells for so much money and is a legitimate artist. So I went through that whole thing and I'm like, well, it's not really art. Like it's just poems and they don't even rhyme. So I'm not an artist. She's an artist. But I know I do this, right? We all do this. And so I decided, I'm like, I'm going to fucking call it art because that's what it is. And it's my art. And if you don't think it's art, fine. (laughs) I didn't ask for your opinion (laughs) to categorize it. So I called it art and I read it for them and I said, this is the, this is the hardest thing for me right now in 2019 is to read it out loud publicly. So it's been in increments. The first time I read it was at a restaurant in a, to a very small group of my closest women friends. And then it was to you all on the podcast. And really there was nobody else in the room except my dog. And then the next step was to read it to another group of women, but I didn't know them. Uh, you know, I, I did, I, you know, it had been a couple of hours. So it's like all these incremental steps of my visibility of being vulnerable. And then here's the whole point of my story. Then Susan Hyatt, who's going to be on this part, she's been on before. She's going to be on again soon. She challenges me. And I like, let's be honest. I knew they weren't going to read it and be like, or hear it and then be like, that was really good. Okay. Let's talk about something else. No, I knew what was coming. I knew. And she challenged me to go to an open mic night, which I have talked to y'all about and read that particular poem. So I was cool going to an open mic night and reading the poem that I wrote for y'all called You Are Magnificent. Which is, which I love, but it's, it's more lighthearted. It's like, (laughs) it's like you go girl. And this one's a little different. So at any rate, they challenged me to do that. There is one coming up here in Greensboro that I found that I've been challenged to do. I'm going to go do it if I'm not sick. (laughs) My body's like, no, we can't handle this. So I'll tell you how it goes. And I tell you all of this because I want you to know that I walk my talk to and it all matters. It's all incremental. I didn't just come out of the womb like this by no means. And I do my own work too. And I could never sit here and tell you how important it is for you to do the work and not be doing it myself. That's what's going on over here. I will keep you posted on that. All right. The next thing I wanted to tell you is that the mentorship is open for applications. Y'all, I'm not going to lie. This program is going to change your life. Hands down. I mean, I don't like to brag, but I do like to brag. And I think all y'all should brag. But this program, it's my deepest, most transformational work. It will change your life. And no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And plus side, you get to come and hang out with me here in North Carolina in one of the most beautiful months of the year in May and come and see my dog and come and hang out in my living room where we're going to do some really amazing things together as a group. Head on over to yourkickasslife.com slash mentorship. The link is, of course, in the show notes. And if it feels like a good fit for you, all of the information is on there all of it. There's nothing that you're going to wonder about. Well, you might, you might wonder if it's for you. Fill out an application. If it's something that your heart is pulling you to do, if it is a good fit, then we'll get on the phone and answer your questions. And hopefully you can join us. All right, y'all. Alana Pratt is here on the podcast today. She and I go way back. And again, she's like one of those people where I'm like, I can't believe I haven't had you on the podcast yet. She's super awesome. And you're going to hear that conversation in just a second. Let me tell you a little bit about her first. Relationship intimacy expert, Alana Pratt inspires open-hearted, unapologetic living. She's been seen on the Good Men Project CBS, TLC, Fox, Forbes, People Magazine, and Huffington Post. She is a graduate of Columbia University, the author of four books, and hosts the sexy, empowering podcast called Intimate Conversations. People look to Alana when struggling to trust again after a harsh breakup so they can create hot, healthy, thriving, intimate relationships. So without further ado, here is Alana. 
Alana, welcome back. And I say welcome back, but I don't actually think that you've been on the podcast yet. I have 211 billion episodes and you haven't been on yet. So my apologies. My apologies to my audience for taking this long to introduce you. No pun intended, but you talk about like the juiciest topics, intimacy and pleasure and self-expression and spirituality kind of all mixed into one beautiful Alana Pratt crock pot, if you will. And which is brew. <laughs> which is brew. Yes, exactly. And it was funny, you know, we came up with the questions for this interview. Always try to be prepared for this. And then I looked at what, what happens. I'll give everybody a quick behind the scenes. So when someone signs up to schedule the interview to be on here, and sometimes it's a member of their team, sometimes it's the person who's actually going to be interviewed. There's this series of just like logistics question I ask. And I ask, is are there specific things that you want to talk about on the podcast? You know, what's your wheelhouse if you don't want me to miss anything? And you wrote the like the most interesting thing. And I didn't get what you meant when you first typed it. And so I'm going to ask you about it because then I got it into me. I see intimacy. Is that what yes. you meant? Did you yes. write that? Just like, yes, I did. Just like that crazy Mike Myers, you know, spoof on coaches, just like that very funny video. The two of you did like crazy shit. That, oh, shit. Know, life coaches oh, say if people watch say. listening, haven't seen that, I'll pop the link in the show notes. It is hilarious. If I do say it's so myself, hysterical, especially the tap routine. So, um, no intimacy into me. I see. So many people think that when I talk about intimacy, it's about fornication and all of that, which I love sex. But this is really about our intimate relationship with ourselves first. It is it is the most potent place to look if you really want that rich, deep, you know, juicy life with your with your partner. If you can't be all of you, only half of you showing up, 80 percent of you is showing up. That's all you're going to get in return. And it's a very lonely, scary uh, shameful often existence. So yeah, that's what I meant. Into me, I see. I had never seen that before. So for people that it's, well, if you don't see the words out, it's, it's sort of like the, the sofa King. Have you heard that joke before? No, oh my God. So the word sofa and then the word King, it's this, it's not that funny out of context. People are like, that's dumb Andrea, but it's, <laughs> but you can say like sofa King and it means like so fucking <laughs> like I'm so fucking tired. Oh, that's good. I like that. Get it? No, like that. That's kind of okay. Please, people, don't leave the the. <laughs> be dorky humor the whole time. Dorky so. humor the whole time. I know, and I never want the podcast to be like f- people feeling like they're not they're not in on the inside joke. This isn't an inside joke. This is all new stuff. I promise. I promise. Oh my gosh. Okay, so. Not feeling like you can share your whole self with the person, your partner that you're with. I see that all the time. And I have actually felt, I have personal experience with that coming from a, and I think this is common. That's why I'm going to use myself as a, as a personal example, coming from two back-to-back relationships where I was betrayed terribly and I had some major trust issues going into the relationship. And I feel like I I met someone who was like a really great match because he was like, oh, you don't want to get too close? (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So he and I have simultaneously had to, and I, I give him so much credit. He has, he's worked his butt off to establish intimacy when we both came from, um, pasts where we didn't feel safe. And so tell me what is your kind of advice or recommendation for, I have a lot of listeners who struggle with trust in their relationships, whether they've been betrayed in the past or just generally don't trust their partners. What do you think? Well, to me, trust is never about the other person. We're going to be betrayed by everybody because you can't control anybody. True. And, and no, and nobody's a robot. So everybody's bound to leave the toilet seat down. Everybody's bound to have their eyes wander. Like you can't control people, but what you can control is your, your intimate relationship with yourself. You can cultivate a really rich, uh uh-huh, uh-uh, where you, you listen to those, the rustles of the morning stars. You listen to that pang in your gut. You, you feel, oh my God, my, my vagina is clenching right now. Mm -hmm. Something's going on. I need to pay attention there's, there's all these signs, whether they're somatic, intuitive, or gut pangs on the inside. And that's the main person to trust yourself. I believe it's another way of the universe whispering to us as well. So if we can trust ourselves, we've got our own back. We know what we like. We know what we don't like. We know when something feels off. We don't even need to know why. 
but we trust that something's off so that we are discerning and aware. Then as you go through life, again, you can't control anybody, but you've got your own back no matter what happens. Now, if you betray yourself, you don't listen to that voice. You don't listen to that body sensation. And then they screw. I can say fuck, right? Can yes, you can. Yes. Permission. Then they fuck you over. You're not only mad at them, who you're really mad at is yourself. So for me, I let go of quote unquote, trying to trust another to be, you know, of my worth and all the rest of it. They're just going to be a human. Trust them to be who they are based on your acute discernment of yourself and how you feel with them. That's the most empowering way to go through relationships. I love that. I have found yes to all of that because I think sometimes we bypass working on our own self-trust and we make it so much about the other person, which is true. You cannot trust the other person. I have found it to be twofold that in the work that I've done around trust, that it is absolutely positively about me trusting myself and self-trust is, I find that self-trust is so involved. Is it just me? No, no, it's, it's a life work. It's life work. Like a never ending infinite, you know, tunnel void vessel inside of you once you get to one aspect of yourself a whole new pocket of getting to know yourself opens up and it's it can be very intimidating i i I really am like that sexually i really do want to take over the world i really don't like such and such like it's it's wild but it's such a rich exquisite terrifying delicious experience to really fall madly in love with your wobbly your naughty your courageous, all these different parts of yourself. Oh my God. I never, it's just a shit show on the inside. It can be like a whole little circus on the inside, but my goodness, when I stop resisting myself, when I stop trying to make excuses, when I stop trying to get people to like me, oh my God, so much, so much peace, so much openness, so much relaxation, so much of a vortex to bring in delightful experiences when all my energy isn't spent just trying to be safe and good enough. Mm-hmm. You just get to relax. It's very sexy. It's very delicious. I, I just, I, I want you to follow me around just so you can talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is like one of the many things I love about Alana Pratt is yeah. that I remember the very first time either I was on your show or Amy and I had interviewed you and you were saying something about, about, I, I might be misquoting you, but you said something like making love to the trees and the leaves. Oh, and no, that's me, baby. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I imagined you, and I couldn't see you at the time you weren't on video, but I imagined you like moving your hands all around and like closing your eyes. And, and, and I was like, wow, that's, I love having people like that on my podcast because that is so not me. And that is, and I don't, it's not that I want to be like that. That's not just inherently who I am, but I'm drawn to that kind of people who have cultivated the yin, like the feminine magic inside of themselves. And personally, I know we're going to go off on like seven different tangents because I was just talking about trust and and I didn't finish my point, but it doesn't matter anymore because um, the only other thing I was going to say just to tag onto that is I feel that trust is is twofold. It's self-trust, which is a whole thing and trusting other people, which I think is it's built in small increments over time. That's That's just another conversation for a different episode. But circling back to just, you know, the feminine and and how you are as a person. And the reason that I wanted to introduce you to my listeners is that you embody this type of, and my friend, Christina Dunbar is like this too. I love Christina. She's amazing. No wonder. Cause you guys are definitely cut from the same mold. And it's, it's this, it's this energy that you both give off and not that it's perfect that you, that you totally like have you know, give zero fucks what people think. Like, I do believe you that it's a work, it's a constant life's work and that you do have bad days. And, but I should say, and that you truly have what you have worked on and what you have made, I'm guessing your life's work is this true intimacy with yourself. And that's, I know what you just talked about. I'm I'm taking the long way home y'all, but can you tell us, I guess my question is, like on a day-to-day basis, what does that look like for you? And maybe even like take us back to the beginning when you weren't, you know, the Atlanta Pride of 2018, maybe even 10 years ago, or when you first started in this journey, or maybe you've always been like this, like what was kind of your jumping off point? So the first image that comes to mind is I'm 21 years old and I'm in Japan and I'm dancing and 
I get to the, the Four Seasons Hotel for the show and it's a lot of money and it's all these girls from all over the world and there's no tops with the costumes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shit, oh my God, it's a topless show. No wonder it was so much money, but it's at this spot, you know, beautiful hotel. Let's just do it. And going out on the stage and noticing all the French girls on one side of the stage, they were just, they were like goddesses. And all the men in the audience on their side looked at them and like they bowed like little Boy Scouts. And on my side of the stage, I felt like this dirty, you know, piece of meat. And all the guys on my side of the stage were looking at me like, hey, tall drink of water. And I just felt like shit. Uh-huh. And I went home and I was going to quit. But I'm like, no, a, a little good girl from Canada keeps her word, even if it's a topless show. So I go back kind of out of shame. And I go, okay, this has got to change. What's going on here? And I was, I learned that, oh, that, that practice, the Tibetan practice of Tonglen, when the monks breathe in the shame and pain of the world and they breathe out love and compassion. It's like a, it's a 3000 year old practice. And what I noticed was the women were breathing in the judgment, the preconceived notions, the low vibration of the audience. And they were doing something on the inside because they would elongate their spine and their breasts would lift and their eyelashes would sparkle. And I'm just, I'm in awe of these women and they would exhale out something. So I started in my own fumbling wobbliness going, okay, I breathe in the judgment. I won't resist it. And that's also very scientific. You know, what we resist persists. So mm-hmm. breathe in. And then I would affirm on the inside, I am beauty herself. And then I would exhale that out and I would open up my body and I would press my energy into the room and holy fucking shit, all the guys on my side of the stage started to like sit up like little Boy Scouts and bow at me and stuff. I'm like, holy crap, I can transform a man's attention. I'm in charge. Oh my God. So from victim to goddess, I learned when I was 20 years old, fast forward, the contract's over. I'm in Thailand and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm done with comparing myself to other women. I would always do that. She's thinner. She's more beautiful, blah, blah, blah. Does he like me? Will he marry me? All that stuff. So I'm like, I'm done. And so I walked up and down this long three-mile stretch on this little island, Copangan, where the full moon raves were. And I walked up and down in a G-string until I could stop worrying about what people thought of me. I could get out of my head about what I thought about me. And I could just be free of this shit. That, you know, society and everything's placing on me. And I walked up and down that three-mile stretch, I don't know how many times, until one time I turned around and it was the sun was setting and I'm walking back. And I swear, Andrea, the ground fell out from beneath me. There was no gravity. All the little pieces of the, the waves, the water were glistening upon my skin, the sun. I was at one with everything. And I, I was moved to tears. I'm like, I'm enough. I am this limitless being, this body is my gift and I can hate it or love it. It's up to me. And I just felt free. So I guess I'm a little bit of a freak when it comes to my rituals and what I'm willing to do to be free of self-hatred, but I'm just unwilling to be here. It's hard enough as it is. And I refuse to be here unless I can have this intimate relationship with my body, the divine, the exquisite molecules of consciousness that are being breathed through my body like these iridescent little sparkle fairy dust shit. Like I, I'm just unwilling to be here unless I can connect and feel home in my body. Uh-huh. So I just put on my to-do list that I'm going to go walk up the three mile road in my G-string. In with all the people with their flags on their porches. With all their Confederate flags on their porches. Um, Yes. Send me a picture. Those people. Oh, my God. Okay, wait a minute. I actually threw away all of my thong underwear, though. Why? Because they hurt my ass cheeks. Like... (laughs) I can't handle it with the big underwear that goes up my ass. I used to be the same. For years. So, okay, quick story. I started wearing thongs. I don't know if they became popular or, or if it was, or, or they were just around. So it was the early nineties when I was a cheerleader and we used to wear them because mostly for function, because if we wore our regular underwear, it would show outside of our bloomers, you know, the cheerleading underwear that you would wear. And so in an effort to not have our underwear show outside of our bloomers, we would wear thong underwear. And then, and then we just kept wearing them, or I guess many of us did. I did. I wore them for years and years and years and got used to it. And then it was after I had kids and I just realized 
these are not comfortable anymore. And here's a funny story. So I didn't wear them for a long time. I went out and bought really comfortable underwear and was amazed at how comfortable granny panties were because <laughs> you have to find the right ones. You truly, they're not all panties are made the same. So I found ones that I love. And then I wore a thong because of some pants I was wearing. It would look better. My, my ass cheeks were literally sore the next day because I wasn't used to it. <laughs> I must have built a callus or something in between my ass cheeks because it, I'd never had this problem before. It was kind of hilarious. <laughs> As I get older, I, I don't know how old you are, but I'm, I'm 43. Close to 50. Okay. So I'm close to 50 and it's like the body changes yeah, and it all does. the extra wiggles and flaps and fun stuff. <laughs> I'm like, where, where did that come from? That was not there 10 years ago. Well, then you're a good person to ask this with. Uh, uh, okay. So I've been talking to one of, I have this series on my podcast conversations about shit that matters with unqualified people where it's not it's not experts on where I get my, my actual real life friends. And we have conversations about shit that matters and they're unqualified. We just unpack our own stuff. And so I'm going to have one of my friends on her name's Ella. She has her own podcast too, because she's about a year older than me about aging. I haven't done it yet. And it ha- you know hasn't come out yet, but I'm, I'm totally honest with my audience about everything. And I'm having a really hard time, Alana. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm waiting for the day that I surrender to aging and just embrace it all. I'm hoping it's when I turn 44 next year, but it hasn't happened yet. And I'm at that point where I haven't fully, like, dove into, like, the crone stage. Like, I still get my period. Like, I haven't entered menopause yet. But I'm not young anymore. But I feel like I'm 26. So it's this weird stage of like, I don't want to shop at Forever 21. I know I can if I want to. I just genuinely don't want to. Their clothes don't fit me well, but yet I'm not ready for Chico. So there's all these different layers of of the aging thing. And not to mention the styles that are back now were popular when I was in high school. So that feels weird that it's like old school and retro when I don't feel old school and retro. So how, how... How do we embrace this? Please uh, tell us. Uh, and if you're not okay with aging, like we can commiserate together. I'm fine with that too. If you don't, I think I have that. You know, when they have body dysmorphia and you look in the mirror and you know you see a fat girl, I think I've got it the opposite. Like I, think I probably look really horrible, but I think I look hot. So it's probably very embarrassing for my boyfriend with what I wear because I'm like totally cool. I think oh I look great, <laughs> but I probably don't. I have two little quick stories. One is that my mom's been gone for God, like 17 years now. So I told the universe, I need more mothers. So Linda Gray, who is, you know, Sue Ellen on Dallas, mm-hmm. uh, did some personal growth work together. And I, I, we hang out from time to time and she's never done a stitch of work on her face, her body. She's in her, I don't know, mid late seventies. She's gorgeous. She just has this air about her of age, aging gracefully. So she's been an like a mentor of mine of how elegant and graceful it can be. It's just a mindset. So she's, that's one story over there. So find yourself somebody who you really adore, like a Susan Sarandon kind of energy. And I just go, okay, what would it take for me to be that? And then on the other side is have some humor around it. Cause I never got cramps in my normal days. And now my periods are getting few and far between, but the other day was so bad. I was in the fetal position in the kitchen. I'm like, okay, this sucks. So I started smoking some marijuana drinking some whiskey, eating dark chocolate and half a bag of chips, listening to trans surfing on the audio, laying on the couch for like five hours. So I'm like, I can't function. This sucks. This needs to go. I don't know. Do I need the bioidentical hormones? What's going on? But like, I'm, 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 I'm really in a lot of pain with the aging on a physical level. Yeah. On the level. I just, I love my body so much. She's been through so much. She's carried me through so much. I I just, I feel, I don't know how to explain how I got here other than the crazy rituals that I've done with myself, but I, I find humor in it mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm just grateful. I've, I've had friends that fell off cliffs and are in wheelchairs and, and I mean, I just have so much to be grateful for. I just refuse just sort of like that other thing I was saying before, like I refuse to be on this planet and suffer more than I have to already. There's been enough crap that I've been through with court and custody. There's been enough crap I've been through losing my house, going into all that quarter of a million dollars of debt, which I'm out of. Thank you very much. Congrats. Thank you from all those legal fees. There's just too much hard stuff. I just treat myself with such care and kindness and compassion. I just 
I just refuse to hate, hate on myself. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I don't, I don't find, I don't hate on myself. I, I am really, um, and I, I always pause before I say things like that because I, I really reflect. I do have bad days and there are some days where I'm like, oh my God, these circles under my eyes. And I, it's not that I am, cause boy, did I used to hate on myself. <laughs> I know what that's like. And it's not that anymore. Like I just get more angry at, you know, the culture at large that puts so much value on youth. And when, as a woman, when beauty is your currency and it starts to slip through your fingers and it's like, wait, 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 I just, you're just not valued as much as a older woman. And and that, <sighs> that and that is so true, but I refuse to, to even buy into that conversation that beauty is my currency spoken from a model. Like I made my 50 grand that I put myself through Columbia university with modeling. Okay. So I've lived that. I've lived that currency. I've lived that point of view, but here's what I'm getting. I, I do so much work. Like I'm a coach, but I have coaches. I always believe it's important that somebody has your back and sees your blind spot, even though I'm holding everybody else's space all day long. And my most recent uh, coaches were so into quantum physics. We're so into quantum psychology. We're so into our thoughts, create the whole shit show that we're, we're that's going on full responsibility. But if I believe beauty is my currency, I am right. But if I believe a totally new life track, a totally new destiny that I am beauty itself, and so is Andrea, and so is everybody listening. It's a different life track. It's a different point of view. You literally create new experiences, new thoughts, new situations based on that one core shift in your perception. So when I go out, and you're right, I make love with the trees and the bees and the whole bunch energetically. Of course, I don't stick them up my vagina. Don't worry. But I, um, bees in your vagina. Ouch. <laughs> It's a new way to do it. Mm -hmm. The idea of like going out to the garden and looking at every different flower and every different um, bush and tree and bee and hummingbird and all the rest of it and letting the energy of beauty have its way with you. Literally open and letting that beauty, because it is energy. Let it penetrate you. Let it in you. Let it feel you. Let it open you. Let it exquisitely dance inside your body. Like we think that sounds woo-woo and crazy. It's actually scientifically proven that life energy runs in circuits throughout your body through these energetic meridians. And, and we know this through acupuncture. We know this through, through physics. So it's not so woo-woo if you go out there and go, can I really say one flower is more beautiful than the other? Can I really say one woman is more beautiful than the other woman? So it's like a, it's like a drawing a line in the sand. I am not going to buy into that old mindset because it makes me feel like shit, makes me compete with other women. It's a losing battle. I'm not playing. I am beauty herself. And so is she. And so is she. And I will allow the beauty of life and nature to literally fill me to overflow. And that's how I start my day. I think we alluded to like, what are some of your practices? That's one of them. And I literally let myself be moved by that so that I have the strength and the the healthy boundaries, and I let go of the importance of playing on that other dynamic because it's a losing game, and there's no need for us to play there anymore. And then we have some humor about the extra folds and flaps and hairs that grow out of strange places, and uh, have a shot of tequila, and everything's fine. Okay, yeah, I think it's. I think that the place that I'm headed is that it's an and. I think you can have all of those things, and also do work to try to help dismantle the culture that that's, that really in reality does, I believe, um, value youth over, over older women and, and all of that thing. So that's, that works for me. I think everybody needs to kind of just like choose what works for them. I, I definitely want to adopt some of your practices though. It just sounds really soothing. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I again, if you believe in, and, and it's true, there is a cult, the culture that does believe more in youth, but if you're going to, whatever you, whatever you put your attention on, if you try to change or fix or overcome or spend time on, and you're just still going down that old life track, and sure. it's exhausting. Yeah. And so you can acknowledge it with lowered importance. You can acknowledge it and, and just choose like, oh, no, I'm not going to have the hamburger. I'm going to have the, the chicken. Like there's no more significance than just changing your order. Yeah. I'm going to choose the life over here. And you can have compassion for the other 
way of believing and thinking and all of the suffering and drama that goes on with it, but we actually don't have to choose it. And because our bodies are made of energy and water and all these other levels, the, the body starts to go, oh, we have this other way of thinking. And not that I look 30 and I'm 50, but like, and I exercise and I eat fairly well, but I'm not insane about any of it. And things are going along okay. Uh, and I feel pretty beautiful. So I would encourage it to be easier than you've had it in the past. Like, what would it take for me to have an easier relationship with with aging? Ask the question, the door opens. Mm-hmm. Right? I love questions like that. Through. Yeah. Yeah. You go, oh, what's it going to take for me to, to crush these objections? And that's going to be hard because look at the question here. Mm-hmm. And, and can we allow our life to be easier? You are a wonderful example of this, having moved to the other side of the country, right? Like you're allowing life to work for you. Yeah. Why can't we ask that of our body, our aging, our sex, our intimacy? Because that path of ease is there to choose if we choose it. I love that. And, and it's it's it reminds me of one of my favorite questions that I've said here on the podcast many, many times. One of my very first coaches asked me the question over and over again, because in the beginning of my business, I was very stressed out with childcare and toddlers and being sober and starting a business. And we had just moved. And she would ask me, Andrea, what if it just wasn't a big deal? And she wasn't minimizing my situation at all. She just was kind of like bringing me to the present moment because I was like, what's an emergency? And she was like, what yeah. if it wasn't a big deal? Not trying to convince me that it was, but just if it wasn't, how would you behave differently? Oh my God. Well, I used to only value myself if I could overcome a triumph, Mm -hmm. but literally I didn't have any self-worth unless I, you know, accomplished this and overcame that and achieved this. And it was all of this outside in worth. I didn't have a sense of worth on the inside out just because I woke up and do something and prove that. And Oh my God. What a difference when I uncollapsed over here is my worth. It never changes. It will never change. It was the same the moment I took my first breath and it will be the same when I take the next breath of the next life. It's never, ever going to change ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's something inside of me rested. And yes, you will accomplish many things and you will lose many things and you will gain many things and people will come and people will go and money will come and money will go and breasts will be lifted and breasts will sag and all oh, that's going to change. But my worth never does. Oh my God. It's the constant. I really got that and embodied that. Not like an affirmation thought that I need to say every day and spin at 100 million miles an hour just to keep remembering it. No, no, no. That's exhausting too. Let it sink in. Let it embody. I'm enough. I, I have this exercise in one of my programs. Like find the little you inside the back chamber door that's slammed shut with all these locks and keys on it. Yeah, open it. There she is. Go inside. Let your eyes adjust. It's a little dark. She's been in that corner a long time. Put her in your arms. Imagine a big chase lounge with lots of blankets and fluffy pillows. Hold her. She's the one that needs to know she's enough. She's worthy. Always has been. Always will be. I never slowed down to, to find her and to really commune in intimacy with her. The same inhale. The same exhale, feeling her against my body, feeling her fall asleep in my arms. This little one inside of me that was scampering and just seeking and trying and proving and running and scared. I just had to like bring her home inside of my being. And when that happened, of course, I like the millions of views on my YouTube channel. I love bringing in a new client and changing their life. I I love to do a TED talk one day. There's all these things I still choose to accomplish. I still have creative energy and inspiration and impulses, but it feels so good finally to not need to do any of that, to just be able to look in the mirror and go, Hey girl, you're enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And, and to, you know, to kind of round out this conversation, that's one of the things that I have loved about aging is the, I do love the wisdom that comes with that. And for me, the consistent work I have done on myself has vastly paid off in that, in that I know now I, of course I have bad days and and I would say now they're just like these tiny moments of feeling unworthy, but I bounce back so quickly. And that I will take that over gray hair and a bushy vagina, like whatever. <laughs> and granny and granny panties. 
And <laughs> shall I go on? Yeah. And weird yeah. sagging skin in places I didn't know. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I know that's coming, <laughs> but I am only 43. But 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 it's it's the wisdom that's still coming, and I'm just entering this stage. I think is like, whoa, this is amazing. I'll take it. Well, and and I and I'm not perfect either. Like, remember those that day that I was smoking and drinking and eating mm-hmm. chocolate and chips and whatever I could function. I, I forgot to write the newsletter. I forgot a coaching call. And and then the next day I was like, oh shit, I'm not good enough. And if I don't keep pushing, it's not going to work. And I need to keep pushing. And and I just sat on the couch and my sweet boyfriend kept handing me tissues. And I just said all these things about me. And, I'm, and I forgot the coaching call. And then I said at the end of the, the sentence, which normally I would say, and you're a loser and blah, blah, blah. I said, and I love and accept myself. It sounds so silly, but I really said it. And yeah. I forgot to write the newsletter. What if it just wasn't a big deal, Alana? <laughs> but that's how I get through it. I you have it, it's not a big deal. I have it and I love and accept myself and I have a good cry and, and I come back to center. So yeah. For sure. We have to we're perfectly imperfect, messy, fantastically fabulous, orgasmically sagging. <laughs> Your words. I love it. Well, I, I want to kind of shift gears because I don't want to end the conversation without talking to you about this because you talk about anger not being bad or unspiritual, that it's an energy that when it's harnessed sacredly will evolve into what you call clear discerning awareness. So how can we better harness our anger, especially rage. I my people know if they've been listening to me long enough, I I'm not afraid of my own anger and even my own rage. Um maybe it's because I didn't have I didn't have a terrible example of it growing up and I know that that some people have trauma seen that with a parental figure and things like that. So I don't I don't want to I don't want to dismiss that at all about people, but and I should say and I want to have people on to talk about anger with women and yeah, how can we how can we better harness it? Hmm. Well, I think the first place that we want to acknowledge that there is a lot of trauma out there. And so to not go into these uh, points of view or exercises until you really have released it in a healthy way. There's a lot of wonderful quantum psychology practices out there to absolutely flatten trauma to uh, a zero. I've had that's the train. One of the trainings I'm in right now. And I'm so grateful for that because if you go near anger and there is a traumatic episode in there and the emotions get triggered, you can't stay present. It's mm-hmm. going to make things worse. Um, and so, so follow up with Andrea, follow up with me so that you can get that absolutely flattened. So that would be step one. Step two, quantum, um, again, quantum psychology. If you go to like Hawkins scale of consciousness, you can just Google it. You'll see the very bottom of energy would be shame, guilt. And then up the way, anger is actually above that. And you're like, eh, I don't quite understand that. And if you keep going up, you get to allowance and then love and joy and bliss, etc. And so we want to see energy, uh, anger as energy. It's saying to you, hey, this doesn't work. This is out of integrity. This is out of alignment with your values. It is time to speak up or take action about something. That's what it's telling you. But it's also very intense. It's it's really a lot of energy going on mm-hmm. in your body. So we don't know what to do with that. No one's really taught us how to navigate intense emotions, which is another big piece of what I teach people. And again, if you want to hold all of that anger inside your tiny little body, it's going to be intense. So again, as I, all my crazy dancing with the trees and making love with all the nature, <laughs> part of that is to go, Hey, you're, you're a limitless being expand your edges, to the size of the room, to the size of the building, to the size of the property, by just choosing, don't ask how, just do it. And then the anger comes up that you can sort of swim through it. You can navigate it. You can ride the wave as if you're surfing a lot better. So that would be the next thing. Next step, don't press it down because that's going to make you depressed. Don't spew it and emasculate somebody because you're just going to have to go clean up that mess. Yeah. Start to ask the question, okay, anger, what do you got for me here? What do you want to tell me? Now, if you've never talked to your anger before at all, that's going to be like a tsunami, like the Niagara Falls coming at you. It's going to be a lot to deal with. So I have a process called the theater of redemption, which is highly politically incorrect, but very, very healthy to get rid of this anger. And I won't tell you the whole thing because out of context, you probably would lock me up. But um, one of the things you can begin to do, not at the person, but just say over and over, how dare you? And then fill in the end of the sentence. How dare you fill in the end of the sentence? That'll start to get it out of you. And when a lot of the extra anger is out of you, then I ask you to sit in a throne 
And instead of being the victim that that thing happened to you, sit in the throne with the point of view that you chose it for your own evolution, growth, and and, um, expansion. Something inside you wants to emerge, something inside you wants to awaken, that you chose that to learn to speak up, to learn to have healthy boundaries, to learn to forgive, to learn to be strong. There's something, there's a gift, there's an invitation that once you get rid of the excess anger and sit with an open heart in a regal state of, I am a queen and I chose this, you're going to see something. You're going to have a moment of awareness or discernment there. So that's kind of like mini version of a longer 30 minute transformational process. Oh, I'm, I'm, I believe that. I love it. And I, I I also love that you prefaced it with get the professional help that you might need before you dive into work around your anger or rage. And I think that once you're ready and I I love exercises around anger, you know, it remind what you mentioned reminded me of what I did. It took me a long time to sort of come to this discerning place of, of what was this for? What is the lesson here? Because I do think that when people are in their shit, they're not ready to be asked the question, like, why was, why were you meant to experience this? What's the gift in that? It's like, fuck you and your fucking gift. You You have to go through the first stage. Oh, yes. Something about pole dancing, running around in thigh high black patent boots and stamping and feeling like a dominatrix. And in my mind's eye, just slashing people's heads off. Like that's a good stage to go through. Yeah. I don't really it because you'll go to jail, but like have some sort of physical and verbal and embodied outlet to get it out of your body. I think that's why my sweet mom died so young. She Mm. just kept it all inside and it ate away her liver with cancer. And that was the end of it. She taught me like, there's another way. Yeah. Oh, wow. I am. I, what I, I used to scream in my car when I was going through my divorce, I didn't have anywhere else to do it. And now I don't have anything that I'm that I'm not raging about anything like that. And I sit in my car sometimes and I remember that and I'm like, I couldn't, I don't even think I could, I I just don't think that I could, I could do it now with that much um, venom, but I kind of wish I could, cause it was quite powerful, the screaming that I was getting out. But now I look back on that. It happened, you know, 12 years ago and I'm happy and grateful. I actually thanked him in the acknowledgements of my first book, but I'm happy and grateful that that thing that happened to me, I turned it into a fucking company. Like, look what I did. <laughs> and like, I won't lie in a small way. It's a little bit of a fuck you middle finger, <laughs> but I can laugh about it. It is. It's not from an angry place. It's a humorous place, but like, holy shit. Like I, I, I probably would have done it regard. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's really hard to no. say if I would, if my life might have looked totally different. It's that sliding doors movie where I don't know, but I truly believe that this was my path and I was not acting as the universe was telling me to do. Coming full circle, yeah. you're talking about self trust and betraying yourself. I betrayed myself by not listening and didn't break up with him when I was 19. I betrayed myself again and thought that marrying him when I was 28 was the answer. So the universe was like, sister, we're going to intervene because you're clearly not getting the hit. <laughs> so I, I didn't think it needed to be that heartbreaking. Um, but look what I did. Yeah, I spun it into gold. You did spin it into gold, baby. And I love that you are like a phoenix rising out of the flames and just really willing to sit in the fire and scream in your car and turn it into an incredible business. And if all of us could see that, that the worst thing that's going through is really just this springboard from which to soar into your genius. Yeah. And and that kind of like dominatrix, sexy, yummy, bring it energy is 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 a really important uh fuel if we were to, you know, sort of put a bow on this idea of yes, there's a tenderness as a woman that's required at times. And yes, there's a humor looking on the bright side, having a good laugh. That's important too. There is a fierce love. A dominatrix, I'm going to shine in the face of anything, rise out of the flames in the face of anything, spin it into gold in the face of anything. There's a a, a, a real kind of growl. Let yourself have her as well. And whatever you need to do to awaken her, you know, in a way where you're not going to hurt anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Don't cut heads off with swords. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Only in your mind. Only in your mind. Yeah. Only in your mind. It's not the G-string that goes up your ass. Fine. If it's not the thigh high boots, because that's fine. But do something, which which is your little secret, your little edge, where you know you're a badass. 
Yes. And let that energy fuel you as well. And you will get through whatever it is you're going through. And you can always look to Andrea or call me or connect with one of us because we both had our, I'm sure you've had, I certainly had my days where I'm like, really? I don't mm-hmm. know if I can do this. But then something just fires up inside and I take that one more step and then boom, don't give up five minutes before the miracle because something just tips and something just falls in your lap and you're like, oh my God, the universe, you are listening. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm a little doubting you for a bit. Just for a second. Oh, Alana Pratt. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm so glad to reconnect with you. Rock on your awesome life. If I'm in North Carolina, I will call you and you and Amy and I will get together and, and just thank you for what you do on the planet. You're awesome. You too. And everyone, please go out and click on the link in the show notes, alanapratt.com, or just go over to her website, follow her on social media. She is so divine. And I don't ever hardly use that word, but I feel like it's so appropriate for you. And you only (laughs) this year on the podcast. Listeners, thank you so much. I know your time is so incredibly valuable and I'm so grateful that you choose to spend it with me and my guests here on the podcast. And until next time, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.